This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I'm Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. G'day, everybody. Uh, we are back. It's question time. The uh, last origin, uh, last question time before the State of Origin series gets underway for the year. Uh, let's kick it off on Patreon. Remember, the only way to ensure that your question is answered is to go to patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. Mitchell. Do we want to do uh, Coltrane first? Do you want to do Coltrane first? Yeah. All right. We'll do so, Coltrane first. Four games this week. Uh, <laughs> I got back on track. I won uh, one with the Storm. So did you. Easy week. Um, uh, a lot of people might be undone this week with the Origin uh, shortened slate and the tricky games to choose between. I mean, uh, I know there's some people that can't tip Parramatta now because they tipped Manly last week and they lost last week with Manly. So that's a brutal couple mm. of weeks for them. But uh, that looks like it. I can't tip the Storm. I don't want to tip the Broncos. And I'm not tipping against Penrith. So that leaves the Parramatta Eels as my pick. Yeah, I am uh, exactly the same spot as you. I looked at last week. It was a tough round last week because of this week. And need away wins. I lined the Eels up from last week. I know the Knights won there. I don't care. I'm taking the Eels. The Eels haven't been hit that much by origin. And uh, yeah, I'm glad. Again, if if they weren't, I would have picked them against Manly last week in a different world. If there was eight games this week, I kind of got saved by this buy round. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and look, Clemmer suspended as well is not great uh, for the Knights. In addition to losing Saifidi and uh, Kalen Ponga and Tyson Frizzell, so yeah, um, Jake Clifford named good, in the eighteen, which is mildly interesting, but. Uh, yeah, look, Parramatta's forward pack should absolutely steamroll them. Just looking on paper. Yeah, I looked at it again now. You know, Huaso Su, Jacob Saifidi, Brody Jones is starting with Frizzell gone. It's murder, baby. Like I love, I love Marion Hiakore's playing prop after playing center this year too. That's ball of shit. I mean, the Knights bench is quite weak too. Yeah, it's, it's man King be John Sasagi. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'll take the Eels with confidence. With confidence, yes, with confidence. Also. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway. All right. Okay. Question time over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. Matthew Duggan. He says, which tastes sweeter? Mm-hmm. The tears of New South Wales fans over the game one venue or the tears of certain journo sensing the impending demise of the horseman? I think the latter because the former do have a genuine grievance. Oh, no, we're genuine. You know, I don't care who wins Origin, <laughs> no. but they do have a genuine grievance that it's been moved to fucking Queensland. They have I understand grievance. COVID. Look, you can more, you can, you're not going to empathize with them, but you can at least <laughs> understand why people are annoyed. Whereas That's people what empathy in... is, so no, <laughs> I can't understand it. <laughs> no, you can understand it. You just don't care. Yeah, don't care for it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, the latter, I think, is, 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 is sweeter. Yeah. Uh, Definitely the latter. Okay. Steve Berman says, given the immediate on-field impact of his return from injury, is Cam Murray now the Rabbitohs infinitely more handsome equivalent of Tom Turbo? Yes. But also, probably not. No, look, I love Cam Murray. He's fantastic. But look, Parramatta are a good team, but they're not anywhere near look i'm throwing that second storm game out i don't care half south's team didn't play but the penrith game where they were pretty much full strength bar murray um yeah look they're just a class above everybody else including Parramatta. but obviously great to have ken murray back and he played well Jai arrow is the 11th 11th best middle says mm. what have the cowboys changed to go from one of the worst teams in our history over the first month to genuinely entertaining and likely top eight side well they i think they've Found their right spine, which has helped. Um, I think Val Holmes is playing a lot better at fullback than he did at the start of the year and and in patches last year as well. I don't... Um, I, I think what Mitch said yesterday on the pod about Peyton realizing maybe he made a mistake with how he wanted to use Jason Tamalola has probably helped too. Mm. Um, and yeah, and, and 
I think that they've, you know, maybe uh, who did I speak to in the preseason? Oh, I can't remember, but it was one of their players about like just it was a little bit different with Peyton. Um, and maybe it's just taken a few weeks for him to buy into his methodology and, and to how he runs things, I think. But overall, yeah, look, they've, they've been a marked improvement on that, what they were in that first month. Yeah, there definitely was that massive period of like, what was that, culture shock for the Cowboys players up there. And uh, I do think a lot of it does coincide with that removal of Josh Maguire too. Just seemed to not, it was a bad, it seemed like he was a bad negative, like loud voice of negativity at that club. Mm. You know. Anyway, Doc Hogg, here Great he is. Name. Pick three current NRL players who you predict will become future head coaches. Mm. And how many seasons do each last before they are inevitably sacked? Daily Cherry Evans. Oh, that was going to be one of mine. Um, Luke Keery. Luke Keery, you reckon? He's really well coach. spoken. He is. And we've seen from the stuff with Russell Crowe that he'll, he'll die for the boys. So that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, third one. Don't want to just keep be- picking spying players, but just let me have a think. You you start yours while I keep picking. Well, the other one we're missing, we're missing the dumb workhorse back rower who very yeah. very <laughs> often ends up in as a coach. Uh, the mediocre back rower. I'm trying to think of who who could it be because there's a lot less of those guys that turn into coaches. There's a lot less of like average white fellas <laughs> in the back row. Now that there was in that time. Oh, actually, I got another one. Wade Graham. There's a good one. He's, he's too. We're probably too good. We call them. I'm not saying he's mediocre. Know, I'm just but, saying that, like, yeah, we've well, nailed this one. I'm trying to think who else, but uh, it's rattled. I'm rattled. That's it. Josh uh, Hodgson, maybe. Who's going to last the longest out of those? Well, DCE is the little finger of rugby league, so he'll just stick around forever. <laughs> Weasley's so. way through, will he? Yeah. <laughs> Michael Gregson says, will Bob Catter be delivering the pregame speech in the sheds, revving the boys up to get the job done in memory of the people who were torn to pieces every three months by crocodiles in far north Queensland? I will yes. say, if people haven't seen that 30-second clip, stop listening to this podcast now. Type in Bob Catter, crocodiles, gay people. And it is the funniest, it is the funniest thing I've ever seen. It, it, it is just truly, truly incredible. Yeah, the proclivities, mate. <laughs> but a thousand blossoms bloom. As far as he's concerned. <laughs> but no, he should not be doing the... He should be doing the Gus on-field soliloquy. Oh, Get him down yes. there. Have you seen... Bobcat is in on Teslas, by the way. Have you seen that? No. What do you mean, this, Bob? No, look. No, no. There's this dude. Right um, I forget. He follows me on Twitter. I forget his name. But um, he started this campaign recently called um, Coal Miners with Teslas or Coal Miners with Teslas or something like that. And what he's been doing is he's been going to... um like far North Queensland and other sort of remote sort of um, mining towns uh, and like showing them like the power of Tesla's how they drive. And, and it's been a pretty sort of universally positive response from like all these, like, you know, these stereotypical looking like coal miner type dudes, just like loving their Tesla's. And then he got in one with Bob Catter the other day and Bob Catter gave him a few yeehaws as he, as he sat in the passenger seat and it went from zero to a hundred in like a few seconds. Oh my God. What is yeah. going on? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> but also, I don't like Tesla. So, what the car? No, but so. I mean, you can dislike Elon Musk without. No, identi- haven't you seen the stuff they do in cars that you get, like buy in-car upgrades and they take well, them away? Yeah, yeah. And you but like, I'm talking it. about just the concept behind renewables in general. Like, it's still a good thing if we can get people who you would think are stereotypically like against this know. to be. Yeah, so. No, uh, no. I think that, I think Tesla's still evil, just with a different different. Well, brand. yeah, yeah, but. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about the concept behind electric cars yes. in general. Cat is, and he, he's apparently become like a big, uh, he wants Australia based electric, electric vehicles and, and battery industries. He's working on, working on a fuel security bill with other independents. So Bob Catter, what a man. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Michael's next question. Are the PVL apologists in the media getting louder or dumber now that he's finally facing some scrutiny? I think they're just more isolated because the general public has turned. Yes, it's they can't get away with dumb one-liners that they could a year ago. Oh, he saved the game. Oh, he's a great leader. Oh, he just gets results. They can't mm. get away with that stuff anymore. Do you ever get tired of being right about stuff? I don't. No, I'm I'm wrong all the time. But yeah, but like things like it was we ignore those. Dot. 
from day dot, it was obvious because again, process based thinking in business is how good businesses succeed. And this was not process. And we got told after three or four weeks, we were overreacting, this, that, blah, blah, fuck you. Oh, yeah. I was hating even like last year when I was bitching about how the rules came in and people get, getting up my ass. And then people trying to, they saw what they wanted to see the first few weeks of the rule changes. It sucks since last year, people. It's it like did. 40 back last year. Uh, Luke Sturkenboom. Great name. What will Matt Dufty's odds be for the 2020 <laughs> Man of Steel? I think you mean 2022, but... Uh, 2022, yeah, whatever, different years, same year. <laughs> probably get pretty good odds on him being the 2020 Man of Steel. You would. I mean, we often joke about guys going to Super League that are going to be the Man of Steel. We often joke about that, but seriously. Do we? Because like we've only ever said it seriously, and they almost always do just win the Man of Steel. Oh, we got Austin, right? So. And, and Aiden Caesar. <laughs> I assume he won it. Uh, but... He will murder that competition if he yeah. goes there. Yeah, he's yeah. everything Sam Donaldson's wishes he was. But uh, he's on a serious note. In a hyper, if in a hypothetical world, the Dragons return as genuine contenders in the next three to five years. How would this come about, etc.? Oh, they signed Hines and he turned into a superstar. No, that's <laughs> that wasn't one of them. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, look, we hate obviously off-field stuff aside them getting to Bell and back is great for their forward pack, which has been a huge weakness for them. And I, you know, I, we've spoken about him at length on this podcast. People don't need to hear our opinions on this. You know where we stand, but in, in terms of an on field product, he will make that forward pack better, which is where they've been lacking. I think they still need a couple more middles to compete. Um, I think they're really going to, they're really going to feel the effects of not having McInnes next year. I think that's really where they've stuffed up. If they think if they kept him for next year and, and, made a couple of smart signings along with getting DeBellin back. I think they could have probably pushed to be something a bit more, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, to, to elevate their squad, I mean, they have to find a, a fullback now, which is tough, but they also have to find a six. I don't think Corey Norman's staying. Maybe he does. And in a, in a level of like, so ignore everything off the field for what they want. DeBellin being back on a football sense for that club is a big thing for them. As you're saying, yeah. they're for me a good team. It is. We can say we want about it, but it's a big thing for that club on the field. So that's one of their pieces they need back. But they um they have questions to answer in that six and that one jersey. I wouldn't be surprised if they had the dumb plan, as every coach has ever had him has had that plan of moving uh, Jack Bird to one of those jerseys next year. We'll see, but there's not exactly. And maybe are they Sean Johnson destinations out of nowhere? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, next question. Christian Gordon. With the Raiders losing Williams and assuming that Hodgson moves on at the end of the year, what sort of halfback do you think would work stylistically for the Raiders moving forward in this situation? And does Ricky go for another Williams type? Yeah, it, it's... Does he mean like a foreign import or just someone that plays like George Williams? I don't know. Because if I, I don't think they can go down the foreign route again. They've now been burned by both Bateman and Williams in the space of a year. So yeah. I think it's a twice bitten, thrice shy there for Ricky. Um, well, Sean Johnson makes the most sense, but he apparently has no interest in going there. Um, so I don't know what you do. Aiden Teaser won't go back there. Um, the market is thin. There aren't that many. Uh, maybe you look at Q Cup. You look at how some of these guys have stepped up, like Tyson Gamble in recent weeks, and maybe you buy a couple of lottery tickets there and one of them works out. I don't know. But um, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I don't know what their answer is, but Ricky Stewart has been the halfback killer through his whole career. That's just the thing he's done. Like you go back to his days in at the Roosters, his days at the Sharks, his days at the Raiders. He can never have a guy and stick with them in that seven position. I don't know what it is. But he's been a halfback killer his whole career. I don't know who's going to be there next. The options are thin, but it's kind of a poison chalice. You hope for like a year or two good in that position before you move on. Often it feels like maybe people get pushing the Raiders return, Milford return home narrative. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. That'd be a nice story. Yeah. Anyway, uh, next question. Westlife podcast. Which hmm. current... West Tigers player is the most likely to play for the Blues in the future. Oh, the Blues. All right. So I was just doing Origin in general when I saw this earlier. I, I saw like Tom McKayley will probably play this year. But um, uh, so I think it's I one of 
either Dane Laurie because he's young enough that like Tedesco and Turbo will be retired when he's still in his prime. Dewey or Sean Bloor? Yeah, yeah. Luciano Lua. That's my one. He'll get there. Next I just year. I'm worried that like if he's not him. playing this year, when are they going to pick him? Because like his brother should have got picked many times. Yeah, I know. So I'm just kind of worried that like oh, he deserves it probably. Don't get me wrong, but like you know. He's going to turn 25 next week. And he's, this was, you know, he's more than deserving already. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm with you. Like, I don't know when he'd get there, but it just feels like he'll get one in the next year or two. He's their be- the best player in their team, really. So anyway, next question Nathan Thorson. How much longer do you think it'll be until Rothfield and Co turn on Vlandy's? It's, it's weird, right? Because we've seen this a million times. By the end, they all turn on the person. Yes. They all do. Um, and it will happen again. But maybe it won't in this case because he's got power in another sport that a lot of these people care about. I mean, who knows? Like, They will turn when they have to. When they know he's not about to get punted, they will turn. But it's going to be a while. They will be hanging on towards the end until the end with this guy, it feels like. Yeah. The fact that all their turns are still caveated right now. Or the weird ones, the weird ones are saying he got all these a hundred things wrong, but Peter Valandis is still the man to lead the NRL. If he changes, it's like, so if we ever, if he was a completely different person, he'd be the man you're saying. Correct. <laughs> so that's how you know, they're not, um, they're not changing anytime soon. They're not turning. Uh, M says, I spent all day listening to absolute bangers and Louisville podcast. Tisk tisk. She says, uh, what's your go-to music when you've got shit to do? And what's your guilty pleasure music? Uh, I I don't like the term. I've never liked the term guilty pleasure because like I don't feel guilty about the, the the TV shows I enjoy or the or the music I listen to. Um, I'm trying to think what what would I listen to that people don't expect me to? I don't know. Um, I, I've shout out to our friend Matt Coleman who made a soundtrack of all the songs that have ever been on FIFA. I listen to that quite a bit when i'm just sort of doing housework and stuff um yeah i'm gonna lock that in as my answer fifa soundtrack 98 to 21 playlist i mean my go-to when i've got shit to do and i listen to a lot of aussie drill music which is you know aussie hip-hop as well uh heaps of classic 90 uh 90s and stuff but i do like as a man with adhd like taking my meds sometimes and cranking some lo-fi uh vaporwave beats if i need to my guilty pleasure music. I have a lot of guilty pleasures. Love a, some awful 90s pop. Still my sunshine by Lens right don't up there. I don't feel guilty about that. But I don't. That's the thing. I never feel guilty about any bad music taste. But a funny one this week, and this is just one for relevant for the boys. Listen to a lot of Machine Gun Kelly's new album. Well, latest music after we spoke it's about that. good. Well, if anyone doesn't know the history there, Eminem bullied Machine Gun Kelly from out of hip hop. And now he does pop punk music. That's actually good. He was shit out on hip hop. It's weird, but it's like... As I, I saw one of the YouTube comments saying, like, Machine Gun Kelly made the biggest hit of 2002 in 2021. It's like, yeah, some of the songs sound like that. So I'll listen yeah. to some of that this week. That'd be a guilty pleasure. Because hmm. if you're a hip hop fan, you would be embarrassed to say you were a Machine Gun Kelly fan if you were a couple of years ago. So guessing it's the same level in this. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I, I, I got, I got, rec- I think friend of the show patreon ando recommended me that album the day it came out and i was and i was all in it's it fucking it's banger machine gun kelly there you go uh, next question christopher he said do the roosters keep swali at center and manu at six if they do does walker or lamb play halfback lamb's not coming back into no, this no, no 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 <laughs> i don't think so i don't think lamb's uh any anywhere near getting back into this side if if those guys are fit maybe i don't know but i would definitely play manu at six over lamb and walk, Walker and Lamb. That's not a that's not a contest. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> okay, next question. Here we go. Pup Campton. This is a yeah, great. That's question. gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a good one. Ooh, what's more disgusting? That Simpsons episode when Agnes Skinner and comic book guy have some fat sexual relations, or that episode of Futurama when they go to the slurm factory and the slurm queen sucks on her own wrinkly slurm teat while crying. <laughs> Oh dear! In fact, I asked. Um, I went to like a 
like a QA night with um Billy West and John DiMaggio who voiced Fry and Bender in Futurama. And I actually asked John Dim- I actually asked them, what do you think Slurm tastes like? And John DiMaggio said, a mixture of worm cum and mountain dew. And that well, sounds- I don't know what worm cum tastes like, but I mean, look, that's just what he said. And who are we to question the great man himself? Um <laughs> look, on a look, on a on a spiritual level, the Agnes Skinner and comic book guy is more disgusting because it comes from the uh, period of the Simpsons where it was no longer good. So just fundamentally, I'm against it, and I'm disappointed in in, in Pup for mentioning something from beyond the golden years. But uh, it's it's clearly the the worm sucking its own teat. <laughs> One of the funniest, great episode. Yeah. Slurms McKenzie, what a character. <laughs> Warwick Ahern. Is there a player you think unfairly missed an origin, or the teams the best they can be under any certain any current circumstances? I think the two people for the Blues that can feel. And, and look, we, we know there's guys like Luch or Pangai that probably deserve to be picked. And Clemmer probably fits in that basket as well. But, you know, he's had a couple of years now of his card being marked or so whatever. I think the two guys that can probably feel the hardest done by are Daniel Tupo and Cody Walker. Guys who were incumbents last year who, I mean, they both played pretty well this year. And obviously, I think Luai's played better than Walker and Toto's played better than Tupo. But it's not like, like, how many years did we sit through the same retreads getting picked for the Blues every every? Every year, and we kept getting told, "Oh, you don't, you don't pick players on form." Blah blah blah. I think those two guys can feel a bit, a bit stiff to miss out. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Tupo only has seven origins is very tough on him. But it's one of those things that when Freddie first came in, he made like heaps of changes in game one, and people thought from there he was going to be the guy. Oh, he just picks inform players. So, no, he picks guys, and he got his boys. Okay, he found some of those guys were his boys. Now they're not going to get dropped as easily. And Tubo's not one of the boys that happens, but it's guys like White is clearly one. Jake Dvojevic is clearly one. Tyson Rizal is clearly one. Tarek Sims is clearly one. Even though Sims only hasn't really always been in the side. Like those guys are just not going to go anywhere. That's what happens. They get these coaches. So it's, and it's, I get it happens to any coach, let alone origin coaches. So some guys have their jerseys safer than others. So I agree with you. I think Daniel Tupo could be the most agreed because he was in that side and he played well on origin Gave the media, he's been good since, and, he, and he's been dumped. And guys like, you know, it's Pangai and Luch, for example, they could be playing game two. You know, it looks like Tupo, unless Toto has it the worst game ever, won't be. Uh, Warwick again, is there a player? No. Thoughts on NBA fans losing their goddamn minds over the past weekend with the incidents with the players? What? Why why has throwing shit at players suddenly become back in vogue? Twice in like three days. I don't know. It's like they forgot how to behave. They got all their dumb shit into like one game or two game. That whole Celtics thing is ridiculous. People like saying and former Celtics players saying Kyrie deserved it because he stood on stamped on the Celtics logo. Fuck, what is yeah. with the Americans and symbolism? They love symbolism. They do. They can't get enough. So you justified getting <laughs> bottles thrown at you and uh, it's fine. You know, you stood on the logo, get what you deserve. But they, mate, they, it was really cool seeing them back at games last week. They, they've got they've got no idea how to behave anymore though. Anyway, Nathan Thorson. If you boys were to list a hyphenated team, would you also include players who do not have hyphenated surnames? <laughs> oh, who? <laughs> Pangai hyphen junior. Yes, I would. Yes, sure. Why not? And uh, who's anyone with a hyphenated first name in NRL, in the NRL at the moment? Because those are a thing now. Some guys in the juniors with them. I can't remember if someone in the NRL with one. No, I got nothing. nothing. Sorry, I'm Probably sure there is someone. one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Sam Stevens says, uh, "Welcome." That's the Steves, I think, off off Twitter. So, welcome to Patreon, Sam. Nice to have you on board. Elite question asker. Oh, this is tough. Who would you rather be get tackled by at their peak? <laughs> Bill Goldberg, <laughs> uh, Nigel Plum, Brian Lima, Rhino, or Victor Radley? Is Victor Radley going to hit me in the head? I mean, okay. So I don't want to get tackled by Rhino or Bill Goldberg. Again, I know people think wrestling cycle like kind of they shit. They both are, played professional yes. gridiron. Like, Bill Goldberg was huge and they're both jacked up. Those two out. Yep. Out. Never. Uh, like Rhino was like 
my height, but also my height in height and width as well. Ridiculous human. And Brian Lima, yeah, you don't look, know who he is. He's a union guy. He murders people. He's probably like the hardest guy I've ever hit in rugby union. I think I have to go with Nigel Plum. Oh, Jesus. You're getting killed. <laughs> like, <You're talking. laughs> I, Nigel Plum used to kill people. He was an absolute machine as well. He was. But yeah, I had to. Watch, I didn't really know who Brian Lima was. So I didn't watch much rugby, but I watched a video today, like a four-minute clip of him just laying people out. It's not good. It's not. There's just no good answers here. No, that's it, a lot of pain from Brian Lima. Yeah, it, it, it's it's either Radley or Plum. I think. Um. <sighs> yeah. I, I May I probably go Radley just because. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've seen Plum kill people more. And I know there was different rules when Plum played, but it's close between those two. But I think I begrudgingly take Victor Adley. Yeah, maybe I've got too much in my head of um, I'm uh, thinking of older Nigel Plum when he wasn't killing as many men. But yes, he said at his peak. So, oh, I don't know. Anyway, his next question. Another Brian Lima's nickname was the Chiropractor <laughs> for his shuddering hits both on and oh. off the pitch that supposedly rearranged the bones of his victim. Yeah, so yeah, you don't want to get rearranged by the chiropractor. That's that's all, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, oh my god. Anyway, his next question, another great question. What an elite question asker, as you said, he's going to set two hours a bar for a bar for himself to keep these up. Is he burning out before the finals? He might be. He said, "Who would you rather in your team? A 2000 Lottie Takiri or a 2014 Alex Johnson?" I mean, this one is very easy. I thought, like, I, I think you asked a similar the other week about like. Line break Lottie days, but 2000 Lottie Takiri was fucking awesome. The best winger in the world, like, but like but, changing the game level winger. <laughs> but yeah, Alex Johnson scores more tries. Yeah, <laughs> you would say that. I would. Like, it's my uh, ride or die. I mean, in 2000, Takiri scored a lot of tries. He scored like 18 tries, played some fullback. Uh, but Takiri, like, legitimately was like an origin game changer. At That's that true. time, he but was sensational. Again, when they played in a grand final together, only one of them scored a try. Well, there you so, go. 14 years apart. Well, no, no. When they played together. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. 14 years But yeah, after. Obviously, it's actually, look, I don't know if you'd take 2014 Alex Johnson over 2014 Lottie Takiri, much less yeah, 2000 Lottie Takiri. I mean, 2000 Lottie. I mean, I'm obviously Lottie, joking. Lottie, like, Lottie in those days was a freak. It's something else. I love Alex Johnson. I'll, he's, you know, no one, no one, there's no bigger defender of Alex Johnson than me, but nah, yeah, peak Lottie was something else, man. I mean, you go back in, in that 2002 series, by the way, he scored like what he scored, like for all of his origin tries in one series, and he kicked goals. But if you go back and ever watch him on tape now, old, old Lottie, he's one of those guys like with the old cameras and the frame rate and stuff, he looks like he's like it's in half, like one and a half speed the way he moves, <laughs> like such a silky and fast movie back then. Oh, well, anyway, next question, not from Sam. It's Rowan Edwards. He says, where does Nico Hines' current form rate in the all-time contract year performances? And he asked this before the contract. So already he's put himself right in the top to earn that 600K deal. Do you think of any unnotable contract year performances? I think we had like Ash Taylor's year at the Titans. We got a million dollar after that. Milford. Chris Sandow. Chris Sandow, yes, huge. Uh Corey Norman's one good year at Parramatta. Yep, that's a good one. <laughs> like, well, it's it's tough. But, uh, I don't know. It's not as big of a thing in rugby league as it is in other sports. Like, in the NFL, it, it happens a lot more, hey? Yeah, oh, it's a huge thing in the NFL. But, yeah, not so much here. I'm not going to try and butcher Lee's last name, unless you want to try it. Uh, Verhul? I think, I think it's Verhul, but I feel like we both probably, probably fucked it. Uh, any Don't thoughts? Don't me in with you. Yes. We've, uh, what do you mean? Yes, I love you with me. That's exactly how I would have read it. So any mm. thoughts for the Kiwi fans that are forced every week to only listen to Fox commentary? What do we miss or gain by hearing the assistant Dan Ganane calls? Hey, I won't have it. Goodbye. <laughs> I can't have Ganane slander. Goodbyes is too good. The rest of it, terrible. <laughs> the uh, are you thinking you're missing out on Channel 9 commentary? Because you're not missing out. Sky News, Sky New Zealand commentary might be the worst. So I'm glad that's gone for now until that comes back. But uh, yeah, I think um, I don't think you're missing out anything. I know it's not great. It's not a great time of commentary at all in the game. I mean, 
Vossi's hit a wall for Christ's sake. Even he's like a rest falter now. But yeah, I don't think you're missing anything not having Channel 9. Uh, anyway, over on to Patreon. Sorry, not Patreon, Discord. That's the other thing the patrons are on. Uh, okay, so we have a bunch of questions there. I'll start from the 26th. Jesus Christ, they're getting a lot more over there, aren't we? Oh, dearie me. Okay, Seymour Butts says, with the increase of suspensions and injuries and the reluctance of the commission to reverse their decisions, would it be more advantageous for the 30-men squad to become a 40-men squad for each club? Also, how difficult would it be for all clubs? Would it be that all clubs uh, place a no-confidence vote of PVL to kick him out? They did previously in the thousands. Well, the ARLC does represent a number of bodies, so they could probably do something like that. I don't know if they could organize it, though, between them. Mm. But the 30-men squad thing, I know you bunga, but there's no concern from me there because teams already have 30 men. They already had development players. And yeah, as you, the development players is a big thing as well. I think it's, I think it's but fine. There's six of those, and they can, if they have enough injury suspension, they can use those. And outside of that, you can dip further. Like the, You can go to train and trial, guys. You just have to get to breaking point. So I don't need to upgrade that roster space at all, I don't think. Uh, regularly wrong says over or under 9.5 names on Ricky Stewart's projector. Over. Yeah, geez. I who okay, who isn't on the projector for Ricky at the moment? Uh Tom Starling. That's bad, is it? <laughs> the rest are up there. Anyway, uh, next question. Mario Siegs. I don't know about NFL, but NBA commentary analysis actually goes into details about games and game mechanics. Why is rugby league so obsessed with the ideas that fans would prefer to watch their own commentators acting like buffoons instead of actually discussing the details of the game? Because that is what the market dictates. I don't know. It's it's frustrating. We've always been frustrated by this, but um, you know, it does though, right? People don't like Cooper Cronk. Well, we do, but like a lot of knuckle draggers don't like Cooper Cronk because he makes them feel stupid. Um, it's the same thing here. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's annoying, and it happens in America as well. There's, there's this anti-intellectualism that comes with sports analysis is rife everywhere it's just that in america because you've got so many more people that consume the products that there is more opportunities for alternative sources of analysis like for example if we were at our stature as an nrl podcast in america with the same sort of proportion we'd be this would be like a full like we'd have like a tv show like but there's just the population difference and the number of people that care just makes it a lot harder to get um sort of alternative viewpoints because there's just less people watching. Yeah. I mean, as you said there, like I don't think the NBA commentary is perfect either. I think that's overblown when sometimes if you dip in and out, you can, you can think that. And there is lots of games that are very well analyzed, but also like Van Gundy is, is off his rocker. Now Chris Webber, not nothing about them. Like, even guys like Shaq and Chuck, are funny, entertaining, but things like Charles Barkley fell asleep during two playoff games and they put that on their coverage. That ain't cool, bro. Like, you, if you guys saw Phil, like, Phil Gould sleeping during the yeah, game, you're supposed you're right. to about, you'd be furious. It's funny laughing at Chuck from here, but if we had a halftime or full-time panel, if Gus wasn't commentating and they crossed the Gus asleep instead of watching the game, you'd be furious. So I think it's a lot of the, the distance helps you as well, overrate some of the quality of the analysis over there. Generally, yeah. it is better. Gen- but the main thing you said, Bunga, there's a bigger pool you can find the content you want. It's the best thing about that market is you can go find that content. You can, you know, it's not the best co- commentary of the game, but you can go find the athletic writing great stuff about the game. And you can't get that much of it here because there isn't the money in it. There, there is fans out there with the skills and talent to produce that content in this sport. And we see many blogs that do that kind of work, but they do it part-time because there isn't money in doing it full-time. So it's just what it is, mate. You said the market dictates the quality you receive, really. It's it's unfortunate. But anyway, uh, Mario asks again. Okay, it's, it's all right. He asked about JDB in the clue. Will he get picked? He's already been picked. And will he get picked for the Blues? No. Uh, no. Nah. Which of the new Bronc Brisbane bids has the best chance to exceed? Want to know which one he's going to wagon on once rapey to rape face comes back? Jesus. Uh, dolphins? I think so. They're talking about today now about having a, a financial, you know, be, they're going to have a big windfall, this team, whatever it is, a, a, a coffer to, to win the bid. But I, the, I don't know why that's a thing, considering they've usually popped up by the NRL anyway. But 
Next question. Jojo WRIXZ. Would you prefer to be a fill-in player at a club that consistently challenges for the premiership, play maybe a couple of games of a, se- a season, or the best player at a shit club where you get raps and play every game but never challenge for the premiership? Um, yeah, look, I'm sure you've been... Like, I've been in both of these situations on teams growing up. It's more fun being a bit player on a good team than being a good player on a shit team. It is. I've been the good player on a good team growing up too. That's also fun. But when I got older, when I was like, oh God, I played basketball a couple of years ago with um with, uh, Terry. Yeah, 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 podcast. Yeah. I was by far the worst player on that team. Maybe the worst in the league. Still good fun. Yeah, you she know? won. It's like, yeah, that's it. Uh, and I've, I've had other sports. Like, and when I played football with my mates, I was never near the top players. And you know, I had good fun when they were a good team. But I think it's a, it's a situational thing. I think when you're younger and you first break in there, you would like to enjoy being the best player on the team. But after a while, you're like, fuck it. I'd happily go play for a good team and play here or there. But I think it's, um, if I was, you said, I, I'm playing at a couple of games a season and challenging for a premiership. If I got to play every week, that's what mattered. So if I wasn't in the 20, in the 17, I have to be playing reserve grade. And, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's easy to say from here though, because if you're this good player on the shit team, you get paid more. That's true. Uh, James K, where do I sign the petition and never have Melbourne play at Suncorp again? It makes me sad <laughs> every time. Yeah. Their last loss there is the fucking Titans in that bizarre game. Okay. Next question. Matty P, have you ever seen a steeding kick better than Val Holmes kick that field goal? Maybe not. Because, like, you know, we've seen Chrissy and Benji kick them from halfway, but they've like just gone over. Whereas that one, I reckon, would have been close to going in from 60. Yeah, I mean. He kicked the cover off it. He did. There, and it's like we the, had that we had that uh Queensland Cup guy kick that um drop out of yeah, 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 yeah. But I think Hones almost kid it as well as that. Yeah. It was beautiful. There was one in 2004. Uh, I don't know how I'd find video of it, but there's a, there was a game where Stacey Jones kicked a field goal against Souths and he hit it from 40 yard and it was still going up when it got over the crossbar. I don't know how I'd find that though. Yeah, I don't know either, mate. So, anyway, next question comes from Morgs. Give us your top f- five dumbest NRL teams of all time, organized by season and or coaching era. Uh, for this, define it by dumb team, by poor options in attack, ill-discipline, and conceding easily in defense. Jeez. Oh, That's a hard <laughs> one because there's a lot of dumb teams that have gone around. The um, West Tigers from 2000 and... Six to present. Yeah, pretty much a dumb franchise. Um, I don't know if they're a dumb team, but last year's Sharks lost a lot of dumb games by not kicking goals. <laughs> that was a lot. That was dumb. That was dumb. Uh, Broncos really dumb last year. There's been some dumb Warriors teams. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a hard one to answer because there's so many different ways of being dumb. He said poor option attack, ill discipline, and conceding. Is it? It's hard for me to to break out bad from dumb. Oh, Raiders uh, with Nick Cottridge for a couple of years, even though they were a good team, they were dumb. And uh, yeah, anyway, now I've got the next question. We both have good answers for that. And Wayne, yeah. I did say any team that bought in Joseph Leilua. How dare you, sir? Rude. Uh, Manny P, is any surprise Anthony Griffin coach side laid an absolute egg in Indigenous round? Okay, no comment. Uh, Manny P again, with all the talk about Origin eligibility for Pacific Island players, should we cancel Origin and play a combined Pacific Islanders All-Star Series instead? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, angry ass should NRL take State of Origin in regional areas. They did it. They did it already, those bastards. Uh, Frankie, what's the point of the dogs playing? For the players and fans' welfare, if they if they just did New South Cup, wouldn't it be better for all involved? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, finding out some of those contracts they have there, like that DWZ one, I was like, what the hell? That's insane. Oh, my God. Like, no wonder they suck. <laughs> like... Oh, the next question. Big Tom, who's the most underrated handsome player going around? I'm watching the South game at the moment, and maybe it's just origin season, but never noticed how hot Dane Gagai is. <laughs> um, oh, I, don't know. Cool. I mean, look, we've raved at length about 
handsome Ruben, but I mean, there's a reason he's called handsome Ruben. Um, I've always thought Sean Johnson's a pretty good looking fella, but I think a lot of people would agree with that one. Um, Jermaine Asako. Okay. My missus, uh, that's a man she enjoys, I'll say, oh, right <laughs> when then. the game's going. The old thumper made those thighs. And, uh, mm. He looks, he's good looking. Uh, who else? I think a lot of them get their just rewards for being pretty boys. I think Chance is a pretty good looking fella. So do I. I liked him with the the rugged hair. Yeah. Uh, I do want to mention about origin in in, uh, regional areas. I I just there is. I did say this in a week on Twitter, but I just thought thinking in North Queensland, there's two seasons. There's pigging season and origin season. And it ain't fucking pigging season right now, baby. It's going to be fucking great up there. (laughs) Angry. So anyway, um, Next question: Would Suwali from Mario Six would Suwali be better a better pick than White and for Origin? No. Why? <laughs> Why? No. The score sizzler. Why is Caleb is Caleb Akins? Why? Uh, Marshall says, which two season preseason sorry preview pods were the most overconfident? Is it a coincidence that the same two pods have also aged the worst? Well. I don't know which ones you're talking about. Is he talking about like, I, don't, I mean, I assume he's talking about Souths and Canberra. Yes, those two, but also but, uh, like Souths are probably going to finish third on the ladder. Like, the the Sharks, the Sharks podcast aged terribly. It aged terribly the day after it. Terrible <laughs> <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah, look, the Canberra one is right up. The Canberra one has aged the worst. Tigers. No, nah, I still believe. We only picked the eighth, dude, and they're fucking two points outside eighth. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to think which one he's taking a shot at. Were we that? Know. We weren't that low on Penrith, were we? Like, I think we had them like fourth no. or fifth, so it's yeah, not too egregious. St- yeah. Um, still done. And Manly boys. are back. Oh, no, did we say Manly would suck this year? I can't remember. Yeah, we did. I, I had the ah. spoon or similar, but they did look like that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we're right about the Bulldogs. We're right about some one thing. There we go. Yeah. We got them. Okay. Uh, next best question. Rough belly. Oh, this is tough. Uh, shoot Shag Mary. Molly's Kaboom. Ganane's Goodbye. And all Ray Hadley. <laughs> uh, I'm marrying. Goodbye. Yeah, that's easy. Um, the other two is tough. No, it's not. So we're killing Ray Hadley. And we're, and of we're, course. Yes. <laughs> and, we're, and, we're, and we're fucking the... Uh, we don't have to hang out with Molly. Molly. We just have to like, look at a picture of a mushroom cloud. Yeah, true. It's still annoying. Uh, yeah. Hunter Austin, who's better, Manly with Term- Tommy or the Dragons without Josh McGuire? Manly with Tommy, but it's yeah. closer than you think. Was says was there was three Tavoyevich's too many for Manly? Is two the optimal number? It does seem that way. They they yeah. they tip the scale too far. They did. Uh, there we go. Here's Frankie. I ask this every year, and I still don't understand why is Origin selection and coaching so different to regular NRL. E.g. bonehead positional choices, bizarre rotations. If a coach did this, in a sorry, if a coach did it of a normal week, we'd want them sacked. Why is it accepted in Origin? Good question. Um, well, it's not a full time job, first yeah. Thing, so, even though it's been made into one, but there is coaches that make bizarre positional choices, bizarre rotations on a weekly basis. <laughs> but they just don't get noticed because no one cares. Yeah, I don't know. It's still a bit of a different arena. Mm. Uh, it's just accepted, mate, because it's. It's, I know it's serious, but also the coaching isn't that serious. Like it's really a one week or two week lead in. Yeah. And where are you going to find these serious coaches to do it? You know, if they want to do it the way it is like Wayne did it. I like the part-time coach. Really. I think a normal NRL coach can do origin as well, but they're not only going back to that anytime soon. Uh, ben Qualiata says, can you name your made for origin 13? And why is it it's just a team of 12 Jack Whitens with Jake Turbo at lock? Yeah, you're feeding Kirk Gidley in the 14 and also captain. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 100%. Kirk Gidley, 14, captain. Jack Bird is definitely in that side. Tarek Michael, Michael is Ennis side. is the hooker for some reason. Yeah, Nate Miles, mate, even though he's a Blues team. He's, oh, it's actually his no, made for origin. He Blues team. He just said no, made, made for original. origin. Adam Mogg's uh, in the centers. Carl Webb, mate, even though he's a good one. Yeah. Like, yeah, Carl Webb definitely... Oh, anyway, Gagai, obviously. Gagai, oh. oh, yeah. Yeah, geez, Gagai. Inglis at some point there. How dare you? There, How but... dare you? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was great always. Who, who else was made for Origin? Sean Berrigan was made for Origin. 
But he was also good at club level. He was. Okay. Mm. Uh, next question. Michael L says, the Raiders capitulate as soon as anything goes against them. How do they really fi- realistically fix this after this year? They get a new coach. Yeah. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. And uh, yeah, I think they're seeing off season so bad. And it, I think it's probably a bit more evident how much heavy lifting a strong playing group was doing there for a long time. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But I don't know. They really see fix it after this year. Like they're not going to change that much this off season. You wouldn't think. And he says, what is the ultimate goal? The PVL sycophants. Why do they love him so much in the face of all the facts? Is it because racing to the Wales puts a lot of money into the newspaper advertising? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I prefer not to speak. <laughs> okay, Jose. Uh, but yeah, it's obviously a directive there. Mm. Uh, ben Wallace, what is the best food to eat during Origin? Pizza. Good pizza. Yeah, but any pizza, really. I don't know. It just It's three games. You, you mix it up, don't you? Pizza's always good, but... Terrible hot dog, no. I love nachos. Good Unless nachos. it's in a thermos. Yeah, hot, thermos hot dog, yes. Yes. Uh, maybe. Do you, do you. I'm trying to think. Thermos hot dog. No, there's not a better way of doing that. <laughs> I don't think it's a better thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, meat pie also don't love an origin. I know it's a, at a footy, at the footy thing. That's an at, that's an at yeah. the game thing. It is. It's not at, a, home, at, at the ho- at your house thing. Oh, any sort of pub feed is fine if you're at the pub, obviously. Yeah, city as well. Mm. Uh, regularly wrong said, who is your pick of boom rookies that will get a run in the origin period? So guys who are playing through origin. So there's only two buy rounds now. So we cop a bit less of the origin boom rookie stuff. Yeah. Everyone has one buy, but you're, you're getting the, uh, if you ask Pete Waddell, the next, the debut of the next Latrell slash GI and Selwyn Cobbo. This weekend, who's not as good as either of those, but I'm excited by that for Brisbane because they've already signed him. So I don't have to worry about the hype. They're signing up for a couple of years. He's, he'll get a run, but there isn't as many of I, those young fellas getting a run. This, this is week. the thing, right? It, it's weird. I just think, it, like, so Souths, I think, have the most origin players, right? And if they were to be playing this week, I'm not sure you'd get any names you hadn't heard before, which yeah, is crazy. I, like you'd get guys like Stephen Masters, Tane Milne playing, and um, you'd get in the forwards. You'd get like Patrick Margot would be playing, Harm Sele, um, Footy Dean on the bench somewhere. Like you wouldn't get, you wouldn't be getting guys. You'd, like there's no there's no frame for like Lachlan Ilias to be playing, mm. for example. Um, Penrith have some guy called Isaac Targo. I was going to mention, Isaac by the way. Isaac is spelled I-Z-A-C-K. So I'm all in on him. I was going to say Isaac Targo, who's um, center slash back rower, who scored 10 tries in nine games in reserve grade this year. Oh, that's like, right. No, like I watched the highlights of the South Panthers game and they were like, this guy's their leading try scorer. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so he was really the next one I actually mentioned. I had, I had him on my screen there, but it's actually not as many as you said over this period, like, even if you look at Penrith's side now, it's a solid team, but mm. they're brought in, you know, experienced campaigners in like Robert Jennings, Tyra May, they promoted Spencer Lenu, and they have Scott Sorensen and, and Eisenhuth you, in the back row. Like, not as many boom rookies. Brent there. Naden only in the 18 as well. That's how far his yeah. stock has fallen. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, the Storm usually have a couple through this period you get to get your eyes on, but not this year because they've all been playing. And, uh, I thought Jack Howarth might have got a debut around this period of the year there, who's a, a, a rangy back rower slash center as well now in Queensland Cup. But he's um he's had injured. He's done his hammy twice this year. So the breakout might have to wait a season. But yeah, it's even at the Titans, you only see oh, there's one as well. Jaden Campbell, I'm actually a really big fan of his first year of Q Cup, pressing Campbell's son. He's also um small, you know, underweight like like his dad was, but he's taller than his old man. But He's one I think a club needs to steal from the Titans like yesterday. So there is an opportunity for him this week to to stand out. And uh, now that Nico Hines is gone, I'd love to see Brisbane. That's the one they'd steal. That's, that's why I have my eye on because he brings in six we'll, years to go. I know he's played a bit, but a guy like Dejan Azzi could get a chance as well. I know he hasn't played this year, but he played a little bit last year. Yeah. If they lose Holmes and Felt, he's a guy that might get a chance. He's apparently quite good. Yeah, it's... Um... I just yeah, and maybe I'm trying to think of the next origin period because we've also seen most of the Knights guys as well. I'm trying to think around 17 who we could get in there, but it's not really sticking out to me. Boom rookies being forced in this year through injury already. Like round 17, you've got the Manly Raiders, 
uh, we'll see my, all their young fellas. Manly usually use the last one in their, in their 30th week in, uh, in Ben Tavoyevich. So, yeah. South Cowboys, you're not going to anything really new there. Bulldogs, Roosters, we've seen all those young fellas. And same with Sharks, Warriors. So. Uh, next question comes from. Oh, that's we missed that. Manny P pointed out, boy Scott, that is definitely yeah, that's, that's a made for origin player. Yeah, geez, we, the GI stopper. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed by missing that one. Yeah, the GI stopper. Yeah, like like a speed bump. Anyway, uh, Steve says, "What is this? Um, what a made for losing origin 13. <laughs> got After him. the boy Scott got him. Uh, it's Brad Fittler secretly pro Queensland, a sleeper agent. <laughs> oh, I just think he's. He's a he's a he's a he's he's got an interesting mind. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> uh, John two four nine. Can you pinpoint the exact moment the Raiders stopped being the people's team? I think you'll have your finger on the pulse on this one, Bungard. When did the Raiders stop being the people's team? Uh, it was when their fan base became completely unbearable after the twenty nineteen preliminary final, and then despite being humbled in a grand final a week later, still proceeded to talk about that game incessantly for the entirety of the next season. Instead of worrying about trying to get back to actually trying to win a premiership, they were content to just focus on nearly winning one the year before. So they told you fingers would be on the pulse of this one. (laughs) Yeah. What the, What? what the hell is this question from Frankie? What's wrong? Don't Google this. Is the kid's song do the hokey pokey or do the hokey cocky? Hockey what? cocky. Hockey pocky. Hockey cocky. Then Google you, it. It's hokey pokey. What has he written here? You've seen this. What's hockey yeah, cocky? I think he's just spelt it wrong, but it's, is he, he's asking, is it hokey pokey or hokey cokey? It's always been hokey pokey. What I do you have mean? never even heard hokey cokey. And now he says pokey. Google it. Now I Google hokey cokey. Oh, apparently he's oh. called the hokey cokey somewhere. There you go. Apparently, people also search for Hokey Pokey or... Oh, in England, apparently. England, Ireland, and the Caribbean. They call it the Hokey Cokey. I mean, it's the Hokey Pokey here. Yes. I'd never heard of Hokey it's, Cokey. That's that, I don't it's like, like it. It's like cilantro and coriander. Who gives a shit what it's called yep, elsewhere? That's true. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, Angry says, why Greeny do Dunamis dirty? I mean, Dunamis has barely been in first grade. He should never have played Origin too. So. Oh, look. He, he won. So... Uh, Ben Craliata, why is Tarek Sims? Oh, I feel like Sims has really hurt him being in that origin side a lot more than most I've seen. Yeah. And the last one on Discord, Reese Brown said, is Kalen Ponga missing origin one so he can duck the North Queensland crowd? <laughs> I mean, valid question. <laughs> Let him speak. Okay. Go over on to, on to Twitter. Yeah. Uh, before you do, though, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the people on the top two tiers of our Patreon service. Uh, remember, the only way to guarantee that your question is read out is to be a Patreon. You get uh, some merchandise as well, entry to the Coltrane Cup next year, access to our Discord, plenty of other things as well. It's definitely worth doing. Just support the boys for as little as $2 a month. And once again, a very, very special thank you to the people in those top two tiers who are Dave... Bird Andrews, Carlo Tyson, Rocky and Rafi, Wayne Ritchie, Anthony Anger, Ben Wallace, Big Chief 69, Blake Moretti, Blame Hud, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Chris Avnell, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, Frankie, Harvey G, Jace G, Jack Snape, James K, Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Josh Tomo 98, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Maddie McPhee, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I am sad, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Swarzy, Ty, the not so mature age student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, Turbo Sierras, and Warwick Ahern. Thank you for your continued support. We wouldn't be doing this without you and to everyone in the lower tiers as well and everyone who just listens. Uh, we love you all and we thank you very much for supporting what we do. Mitchell, uh, update, depression, penis. What's doing? Uh, it's got better. I'll move past the microphone not working. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, Origin being in Townsville has got me a little moist. Yep. So we've got, we got, oh. we got, we got a stew going. Excellent. Good to hear. <laughs> Okay, over on the Twitter, and we'll ask this one from David Hunter. He asked last week, but Ooh, it's yeah, up yeah. our alley. He got in too late. He did. So his question on the back of the $13 salad story for some reason, he says, what are your fast food hot chip power okay. rankings? All right. So let's let's outline. You can't cheat and say like kebab shop. Obviously, that's number one if you could, but you can't. So um, so what are we 
let's let's narrow it down. So, so what are we putting in this, Mitchell? We're putting KFC, Red Rooster, Hungry Jacks, McDonald's, a Porto. Is that fair? Yeah, it is. Um, the, just those five? I don't want to include a Galo or... I'm trying to think. Nando. Have we missed anyone, so, have we missed nah. anyone glaring? I don't think we have missed anyone glaring in that. No, I think that's the five. I think that's the big five, so to speak. So I'm putting KFC first. Red Rooster second, Porto third, Hungry Jack's fourth, McDonald's fifth. You know, I, I feel like like KFC has consistency issues. But if you chuck enough salt on the problem, it can fix everything. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'd say. So KFC, there's consistency issues, but I have I ask for extra salt every time and I'm I'm more satisfied. I when, when in magic round other people place the order, there was no extra salt requested. Disappointed. Nice down footy from them. It was, but it's they're they're probably still number one. So two. So what do you reckon two was? Red Rooster's great chips. Yeah, I think two is a is a due gap between Red Rooster and, and Hungry Jack's chips are actually good now. They're, they're like Red right. Roosters. They're like Red Roosters, but I've also had really bad Hungry Jack's ones. I've had them where they've been cold and soggy. Hungry Jack's wins if we're factoring in price though. You can buy small chips for a dollar. So you can just buy like three of them. Yeah, and that's it's great. But, but yeah, I think those are the clear top two: Red Rooster and KFC. Porto got downgraded because they made them portion smaller recently. They come in a little, had... bu- they come in a little bucket now, yes. and it's just, it's, just, it's just not that many chips. Macca's chips are really still really fucking good when they're really hot when they just come out too. But I've also, yeah. I, I think Macca's is the one I've had the never had really cold fries at for a long time. I've had mm. colder Porto as well. I think a Porto ones can be garbage too. Uh, but I do think if you go a bit further out of that range, if you're looking yes. at those, not fast food chains, but those ones that are franchisee kind of. Deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, the Mexican place salsas, they do these chips. That's with, what I was going to say. Is it actually? Yeah. Yes. They're fucking great. So, and Guzman's one with that Chipotle salt, great. But also, the, I think the best chip, if, mm-hmm. if I added those in, the best of all of them, Schnitz. They are good. You're right. Yeah. Schnitz is actual Schnitz. Meh. Chips, sensational. Yeah. So check those out if you ever see a Snitch store. Um, so that- and, and if you prefer sweet potato fries, you're kidding yourself. Stop lying to yourself. Just have a fry. No one can. No one prefers them. It's like, it's like, it's not healthy either way. Just eat the one that tastes better. That's it. Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, let's go. Okay, Scotty H. A. U. asked, "Who was more surprised in the Origin squad for the Maroons, Joe O or Cohen Hess?" Joe O is more surprising because A. Hess isn't yeah. even in the team, and B.'s got the Paul Green connection, so it's not like overly shocking. Joe O being there at all, and not even in the squad, in the team is is That's pretty big shot. I mean, Hess is everyone's believed in him ever, forever, but Paul Green was always picking Hess in that twenty, right? Uh, and we'll go one last one here. Chicken Wing NRL says, <laughs> would you rather every time you finish a Ronnie Coot have Dan Ganane yell goodbye or the first note of Evermore, it's too late, play? Um, <laughs> obviously the former. But yeah, so people don't know, the, the Magic Round 6 again noise sounded exactly like the first note from the song It's Too Late by Evermore. So I think, what, 8,000 times across Magic Weekend, we thought, the song It's Too Late by Evermore was about to start playing, but it was just someone getting a six again. But we did see Dan Ganane, so obviously that that wins. Yeah, that was... and yeah, I mean, the goodbye has reached elite status now. It's we, born we, from being the worst thing ever to be the best. we got to get him on just to have like a <laughs> outro drop. That's it. Oh, That's let's, it. let's actually try and do that. All right, and goodbye from me. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. All right, and it's goodbye from me.